been playing through a Candlekeep adventure, The Book of Cylinders. And the broad strokes of it are this foggy city by the ocean made of spires and towers contracted a group of adventurers to go and re-secure their seafood supply. That was what was on the surface when first presented to you, the, uh, the mission. But after you got this book that told this story and Helk told you, one of the avowed, that he was concerned that history was repeating itself. The involvement of your characters, uh, and then over the course of the journey, deepened, and you learned more along the way. So, if you have no context for what's going on right now, go back and listen to the first two. But, you guys, go ahead and tell me what your characters and you as players uh, remember and what, what kind of situation you find yourselves in right now. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go. Boss weren't, we'll, we'll go. Alright. <clears throat> um, so I think Boss is kind, is feeling a little bit out of his depth and maybe like images racing through his mind as he's surrounded and fighting off these snake people with his spear and shield and um maybe having like maybe he didn't take the this, this situation super serious at first mm -hmm. and just thought it was like a some sort of you know there was a fight going on there was a hostile force here but then seeing these creatures poison these young tadpoles in the brain as bonding pools uh maybe this like brings back some sort of flashback like of a horror story that he was or like some sort of myth that he was tell, told like mm -hmm. as a small child of like oh there was this one time where like you know all the tadpoles were poisoned and they were small and i used to go to bed scared of this a story like this so i think boss yeah. is kind of like freaking out and just uh in a panic just kind of worried and the images of the story of the temple and stuff kind of yeah flashing back through his head being like what what does this mean then what where the temple and just kind of like thinking really quickly yeah. while fighting so and you're surrounded on three yeah. sides by these humanoids wearing strange clothing uh that have snake-like features uh, so uh michael why don't you uh tell us next about uh, you what you remember and what bobble remembers oh well uh you know, I was just coming here looking for adventures and uh, some cool weapons and stuff. Met Tunji, had crazy experience slaying crabs and running away from them, and then like, uh, like set fire to that freaking uh, to a, to a that, hut. Uh, how? Yeah, a hut in town to distract mm -hmm. them, and then rescued those hostages. Uh, met Boz, this cool weird grung. And then uh, just trying to figure out how to help these people, really, like, yeah, and uh, using all of my wits as best as I can do that, and pretty, uh, like, shocked to like see like this person just poison this pool, but this is yeah. all like, uh, you know, crazy to be going through. Sure, yeah, and and so Bobble finds themselves about 
30 feet away, 25 feet away from this humanoid standing with a shoulders from the shoulders up just scales and the some soft white underbelly of a snake where they, where they would have a neck uh, and a frill around their shoulders and big slitted eyes and it's from the the top of their body to the uh, to their head it is 100% a snake and they've turned their arms into two great serpents with mouths where there should be hands and they were where we really left off right about to hit Tunji and so Jesse slash Tunji tell us about what you remember and what Tunji remembers oh man well Tunji is he's doing one thing he does very well in a situation that he never wants to be in he as to his creed he he doesn't like to fight um that's not to say he can't do it when he's called upon it, but he he's not he's not very happy right now. Um, he he was super stoked to meet Bobble and you know socialize and hopefully it looked like things were going great back at Candlekeep and mm-hmm. you know what began as a simple you know oh hey can you check this out has quickly devolved into a really a really unpleasant situation for him. Yeah, and even as. Even with Bobble and Tunji and Boss being experienced adventurers, as wild as the crabs were, I'm sure Tunji and Bobble, if they get through this, they'll have stories that could easily rival their little crab venture. But (laughs) no matter how many wild escapades you go on, how many experiences you gather traveling Kasur, seeing, you know, the youngins victimized and really in this situation, that never fails to, like, you know, bring you down and really darken Yeah situation it so, darkens it for sure and, and so yeah. one one question um this was your um your character's like first day at candlekeep just like bobble and and so you know i bet you were kind of expecting something a little different than uh the first task being set there for you uh just to get access to the real information that you came for uh you know go on this adventure come back and fix this big problem for us and they'll give you all the information you need yeah I was a little surprised that uh, only the two of us were supposed to be able to take care of this entire thing like looking back on it for sure and I mean also I think maybe Candlekeep knew only what they had uh, gathered so far from Miter Jans who said you know who, who never had gone to the, the village uh since anything bad had happened there um he, he just went to the trading post and he immediately reported that all of a sudden this place was overrun with refugees and the pond mother herself was there and that something was wrong and he came back and let them know and they went into the tavern where brand new adventurers come in the hearth and candlekeep and they found the first people that they could like as this is all happening but i don't think that they even and I think you guys would realize by this point in the adventure, like, they didn't know what they were sending you guys into, but they chose you, and you accepted. Here we are. Yeah. It was a much bigger task than we were signed up for, but we're ready for <laughs> exactly. yeah. our best, right? Um, <laughs> okay. So on that note, I think what we're going to do 
think what we're going to do is go right back into initiative here. <coughs> Baby. Um, and the turn that is being taken is by the guy with the snake hands. Um, I'm going to roll this attack. Do I'm it. Gonna, I have like... to pick out the creature's stats here. Come on. I sure hope it's under 17. <laughs> okay. Armor class 17. I'm calling it. It's going to be a 14. Calling it. <laughs> I like that. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Still pulling up character sheets here. And this is Snake Hands. And Snake Hands just poisoned the brood pool, or is Snake Hands um, engaged was... with one of our friends? Snake Hands is engaged with Tunji, but um, the one that poisoned the. Yeah, yeah that one. Okay. Um, yep. with the Snake Hands is also Snake Head. Um, and. The one who poisoned the brood pools ran around to the other side to get away from you guys and start doing that badness. Um, okay, I'm gonna roll that attack. A bite attack coming in from the hand. You said 17? Correct. That is exactly a hit on attack <laughs> number one. So let's do roll it. damage. Do it. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm doing it. <laughs> or, or I thought about it. It's I'm doing you. it. So that is going to be first two points of piercing damage. Okay. And then four points of poison damage. Oh, okay. <laughs> Then the other arm swings in, making this the guy has two arms. Attack. It has two <laughs> snake arms, which means three snake heads. And it does have three snake heads at the moment, and it rolled a fifteen on the die that time. Um, so that's going to be a second hit. So let's roll oh. damage. I see. Okay, that's right. Okay, let's do it. Um, that's one piercing damage. Sorry, four piercing damage. I didn't add the modifier for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, which means that the last one should have been five piercing damage. I, I must have missed the modifier there. So, and, yeah, sorry. Um, and then poison damage. Eight poison damage. And that will be the snake folks turn there. Next there's going to be a few attacks coming your guys' way from the more human-looking of them. That would be three of them. First one comes at Mr. Boswurmp. Oh, oh, hell. What's Boswurmp's armor class? 18. That's going to be a miss. Second one, nat 20. Oh, shit. Damn. Boswurmp eating crit. Loading a thing. Loading. Uh, that would be five slashing damage as you are hit with a scimitar. Yeah. And then the third attack coming your way. That's a second miss. And then the um, snake's round is over. And we are back at the top of round four with Tunji. 
All right. Well, Tunji takes two delicious bites, to, and he is... It hurts. You can see him grimace in pain. He is not even grimacing. He's has the face. If he was making noise, he'd be howling in pain. He's just like mouth open, just eyes like... Argh. He shakes off the snake hands and quickly just, you know... You know when like, your hands are super cold, you just kind of shake them out, just like try to loosen yeah. them up. He shakes him out and he just comes in because this is this is do or die. So I'm gonna he's gonna burn a key point to come in okay. with a full a total of four unarmed attacks on okay. Snake Man. Alright, okay. so let's go. Ooh, first roll is a eleven. Uh it's total eleven to hit. Correct. That is a miss. Your fist connects with it. Um it doesn't seem like it's particularly uh, adept at dodging or really even making an attempt uh, but you punch it and it just has hard scaly skin uh, where you hit it in its upper torso just got just got to hit it even harder somewhere else then mm -hmm. all right here comes roll number two oof that's a 14 a 14 is a hit go ahead and deal your damage all right that's, that's the first one is uh seven points of damage Seven points of damage. Got uh, and that's um bludgeoning. Yep. All right, okay. and then your third attack. That is a nat twenty. Oh, okay. Roll to confirm the critical. Okie dokie. So it's just just the raw number off off the twenty. It's, yeah. it's, it's making a second attack again with your same attack modifiers. Oh, okay. That's if, a if you hit armor die. class and you do hit armor class the second time, confirming the critical, and we will draw a card. Once again, thank you to Nord Games for these beautiful cards. They are great. Thank you, Nord Games. Please sponsor um, us. Let me cut the deck. <laughs> uh, okay, this would be... That'll buff out. Uh, if the opponent is holding a shield, its effectiveness is reduced by two. Okay, right. <laughs> um, so for you, you know, that doesn't uh, do anything other than a normal critical, you know, double your damage. Um, and I think what, what happens is you you punch this thing so hard that you hear like a rib crack. It's like, you know, like you're that. denting it. If, if it had a shield, you would have dented it with how hard that was. I'll just dent his ribs instead. You dented his ribs instead. So go ahead and roll your damage and double the damage okay. die. The two on the die, so four, and then plus four bludgeoning or modifier. So that's a total of eight bludgeoning. Eight damage. Okay. And one last unarmed attack coming in for that flurry. That is a 17 on the attack roll. That's a hit. And a 10 bludgeoning. Okay. You, uh, you go smack, 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 and do a combo on this guy that sends him at least staggering a little bit. Um, you can tell that was a significant amount of uh, hurt you just laid on him, but he's still standing. All right, let's keep it going. That ends his turn right there. Okay. Next in the order, Bosworm. <clears throat> Bosworm is gonna see uh, this lady, the snaky lady in the water to the south. Yeah. And he's gonna jump up on the wall and be like, get, get out of that water, you damn snake, and just start 
stabbing her like repeatedly over and over again okay. with his spear. One who brushed her leg against one of the eggs. It's not very nice. This not, is not nice. Not a bath for snakes. <laughs> this is a bath for tadpoles. What, what is this? A, a bath for <laughs> snakes? Bath for snakes. <laughs> All right. First one is a 16 on the die, so that probably hits. Um, that is a hit. Go ahead and deal some damage. And I will not be rolling the poison damage for this because I'm pretty sure they are immune to poison damage, so I just won't roll it. Go ahead and roll your damage, tell me your total, and then I'll tell you what happens. Okay, so eight points of piercing damage. Eight points of piercing damage. And then six points of poison damage. And six points of poison damage. Well, uh, uh, if, if they need to make a DC 12 con save against that. If they okay. succeed, then the poison damage just does nothing. Oh, I see. So they need to make a saving throw. Uh, and if they fail the saving throw, they would take then they poison. take poison damage. Yeah. I have, Let poison me fall. really read this here and make sure I understand. Um, yeah, you. It, yeah, I've, I've, I've checked again, and you can see the poison even leaking out of the wound. Um, but it, it just doesn't seem like, from your experience, normally uh, creatures respond a little bit. Like maybe there's a little bit of a nerve toxin in the poison that you use. And right. So they would, it makes the them skin quick. would shudder or then, something. Yeah, yeah. But you don't see any of the effects that you normally. I'm not going to make your roll for that. It doesn't seem like yeah. it's working on them. Okay. Um, so Sorry. that was a total of ten damage. You said. Uh, eight damage. Eight, eight damage. damage. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, sounds then I will good. Stab again with my second attack. Okay. That's a 12 on the die, so plus 7, so 19. Okay, um, that is a hit. All right. That is 7 points of piercing damage. 7 points of piercing damage. And then I shall smash the butt of Wart's Bane into this thing's head, trying to drive its head below the water. Okay. With my bonus action. Uh, that's a 14 total. That's probably a miss. Okay. Uh, 14 to hit? Yeah. A 14 hits. Ah. <laughs> they don't have very much AC, you say. It does not, it seems. Five points of bludgeoning damage. With Five the base additional of points of the bludge. Okie dokie. Also, this one, after a flurry of blows from boss, looking... A little staggered, a little bloodied. Next in the order, if that is the end of your turn, you're not going to take a move and provoke three attacks of opportunity for me? You know, I think I actually will. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm going to move here. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> okay. One AOO coming in from the like... one that you just hit a bunch. Yes. Uh, and what's your armor class one more time for me? 18. Yeah, that is going to be a miss. Okay. Nice. And they swing their scimitar at you, and it just doesn't connect. Shing to the air. I, I I think it's like I'm standing on the wall, and they swing the scimitar, and maybe it hits my shield, but I just jump yeah. up in the air and get pushed off and, like, and jump back. Yeah. Some of the water splashes from the pool, and maybe you guys shout at each other for a second. Damn, damn you, scale face. All right. Um, then... As you deftly maneuver to the other side of two of them and help Tunji out, it is Bobble Marble Waggle Topple's turn. Oh boy. Okay, so I just saw this. I think I've been studying the creature that poisoned the brood pool. 
I think you did. You actually, okay. I think, hit it once as right well. Right on. Awesome. Um, so I think I'm going to continue to advance at them. I'm going to be like, you monster! Um, and take a <laughs> shot with my light crossbow. All right. Go for it. Um, let's see. That's an 11 plus 7 is 18. That will be a hit. All right. Uh, that's 88 piercing damage. Oh, not great. Um, that's two plus four is six piercing damage. Six piercing damage as yes. a, a bolt lodges into her thigh, I'm gonna say. Heck yes. Um, so that is my action with, as I okay. shoot that. Um, I'm going to advance towards, I'm gonna get onto the other side of this big snake thing. Um, okay. and I'm gonna do it like uh, after I yelled and hit uh, that. The creature mm -hmm. i'm gonna move there but like kind of stealthily and use my bonus okay. action to try to hide in the space okay. that the snake man sure. is you try to sneak up behind yeah the the snake who is locked in combat with tunji got it and also okay, go try ahead and to make me a stealth check with then it. heck yeah um that's not good at all <laughs> that's what did you get it's a four plus like three or something, seven. Yeah, I mean, you you yeah, make seven. your best attempt, but you can hear, you know, like even in the in the pitched battle noises, you can hear the crunch of little river stones and gravel under your feet. I think I described this area as kind of being like uh, the Pacific Northwest, like a bunch of river stones are everywhere, and it's it's really hard to move quietly at all. Yeah, I'm trying. You're um, trying. Not you made that an effort. No. But, um, uh, so I and then uh, like I will uh, as I'm creeping up behind him I'm also gonna pull out the long sword that I have dragging on the ground behind me That's probably also what's making some noise. All right, and, uh, All right yeah reveals me so I'm gonna be having a long sword out now Okay, and you draw your crossbow. melee weapon beautiful yes. next in the order the snakes um you guys are doing good, I think, so far, we're it seems get, like. We're going to get bit to death. We're going to get bit You might get bit to death arms. a little bit, but um, I feel like you're doing good. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I made the right decision by coming in, but we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> we shall find out, indeed. Uh, How see. bad is the one that I shot looking, by the way? Um, the one that you shot is is looking like they've taken uh, enough damage to, to have blood running down their leg where the arrow, the bolt landed. Uh, and one before, I think, kind of clipped them and they have uh, like a torn sleeve on their purple robe. Um, so they, they look like they've been hit by a couple of attacks by now. Awesome. Yeah, it is the Snako's turn. Snako numero uno, my favorite snake in this combat. Uh, you already killed one of them with the, the snaky heads. This one is going to make a couple of more attacks at this rude dude who punched him four times. Um, slapped. And <laughs> and you got a couple of attacks coming your way, Tunji. Oh, man. 17 armor class, right? That is correct. Let's see what we get here. First attack with a bite from the snake hands. It's a miss, and it snaps like right next to your face, but just not close enough. Oh. Second of two attacks. A two on the die. Ooh, oh, lucky man. that turn. Okay, miss and, and miss. I think the second attack, what you see is the left arm of this thing 
elongates supernaturally. Like the snake is like slithering out from it and it tries to like wrap itself around you, but you just get out of it. And get in the um, hang of it. And then it like slinks back to be mostly a normal arm length, but like uh, Mr. Fantastic kind of stretchiness. Um, okay, next up is the three rem uh, remaining locked in, in melee with you guys. These these three are going to all make their attacks. Two coming at Wormp. One scimitar, shing. Uh, that's gonna be a miss. And then a second scimitar, shing. A natural 20. Um, God damn, they keep critting. They keep critting on Vault so Why are you critting Vault <laughs> <laughs> This would be Wow, uh, two two damage coming your way. Shink. I'll Critical two. I'll, ha I'll have that for one. There you go. Um, oh, you know what? Sorry, uh, my bad. It would be a total of three damage because of the crit. <laughs> I don't, I've been that, doing bad doesn't that, the simple math tonight, Doesn't right? that still get halved to one because it's rounded down? If you take three damage, it gets rounded down to, to one. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just fun cool. right there. It's a fun thing. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, the third one is going to go sploosh, sploosh through and jump off the little, like, waist-high, uh, embankment around this pool, uh, and is going to make an attack at Tunji. Do it. Scimitar. Soggy snake. That's a miss. And you can tell as these three, uh, they're all women wearing these sort of like weird purple robes and they have different kinds of scaly features. They all uh, have a little bit of a turn in their body language and eyes when all of their attacks don't land and they see how much you guys are also wailing on them. Uh, maybe a little vibe of fear enters the combat for the first time from their side. Hmm. If you were to drive that fear home, then the final one on the edge of the pool is going to, while this chaos is transpiring, no. take a few steps over towards the pool immediately next to her. And she is going to reach into her pouch and pull out another vial and then pour it into the pool and the black tendrils of this poison, cover it, and snake into every egg way faster than any normal substance should, and it seems like they wither and die immediately. That sucks really bad. There are five brood pools. Two of yeah. them now have been tainted. And if I do my math correctly, that's like two out of five pools. That is two out of five root pools. <laughs> to fractionize this. Oh no, guys. We gotta stop Next this snake up. person. Tunji, what are you gonna do about it? Tunji, amidst these swinging blows, just kind of trying to duck, bob and weave left and right. He see, he can just, what's, or Actually, I guess I should ask you, can Tunji see what's going on with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Even even okay. amidst all this, like, it's clear on your peripheral. You see her. There's only one person in this assembly walking. And yeah. she's walking over there. 
And then as you guys are like landing, this is all happening at the same time, right? You know? Yeah. So as you're landing your punches and dodging these things, you catch a glimpse of her and you see the black liquid pouring. And it's like she's an evil salt bay pouring the salt into this pool. <laughs> all right. I love it. With, amidst all the chaos, Tunji, he, he can't be spouting out precise what he's seen. So he's all he can really formulate in the moment amidst all this is bubble. The pools, as he's just trying his best to hold off these people. And he just, the pools, and go! And he really just thinking, like, they are, yeah. you know, it's him and Boss, they're going to do their best, what they can here, but there's no way in hell they can do anything. Yeah. And Bobble is, what from what he perceives, the only person here who can potentially save the rest of the brood. I think, yeah, like, tactically speaking, that makes a lot of sense, because you are surrounded on three of four sides by these snake people, and you're fighting them in melee. Uh, Boss was just in the exact same situation last round, and uh, Bobble is, like, still, even failing the hide check, you know, has come up behind one of them, so has a little bit more freedom of movement. So I can understand why you would ask Bobble to take up that cup. Tunji, what are you gonna do besides uh, say that? With that, Tunji recognizing that this might not, that right now actually, even though they're the, like him and Boss are in the middle of fighting, really, I think the onus is on Bobble who can do the most good here. So instead of just trying to single-mindedly focus on beating guys down, he's gonna, he's gonna try play this a little more defensively and try to hold them here and let Bobble, you know, figure out a solution. With that said, okay. Um, Attack-wise, three unarmed attacks at Snakey Boy with the snake arms coming okay, in. Okie dokie. Let's, let's do these attacks. That first one is, hold on, basic math. First one's a 13 on the attack. That is a hit. Okie dokie, that's, ooh, all right. And damage. That is seven bludgeoning. Seven bludge goes and through, and he gets clocked in a pectoral muscle. Excellent. He's gonna he's gonna do a, a low kick towards uh, right towards the knee with the second attack. Okay. That was seven damage. Sorry. Oh yeah, that was the, seven damage. Seven. Okay. Thank you. And coincidentally, unfortunately, the second attack roll was only a ten. You a have ten. Uh, you're flanking, are you? You are now flanking this guy because Bobble is on the other side. That is fair. These attacks should be with advantage. Right. Yeah, oh, I, I got I, here. I'm so sorry. I did not know flanking applies to... Does that apply to every... It's a, it's a variant rule. Um, okay. It's not like... If you're playing rules as written, the Dungeon Master, I believe, has the option to allow flanking in the game. In older editions, it was rules as written always in the game. Um, but okay. Sorry, I thought it was a class-specific thing. It. They made it, I think, it's literally listed as a variant rule. And in yeah, our games, I think we play with that. Little box on the side. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it makes perfect sense, right? Like, if you got people behind you, you're distracted. So go ahead and roll Especially a, a second time. Okay, yeah, for you. sure. <laughs> you, you, they definitely know that you're there. <laughs> um, so that's worse. That's a nine. <laughs> okay, so then that was for your first attack. Could have been a 20, but... Uh, let's do the second attack with advantage. Okay. Oh, wait. Sorry. So, I did the first attack for the seven damage, and then I think that was the second attack right there that fumbled on both rolls, right? What were your two results? Uh, one was a ten and one was a nine. Oh, it was worse than a ten. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that is not a hit. Um, okay. Right. He, that kick does no... He's, 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 he's locked down. He, he's firmly grounded. But here comes the third attack. We're, okay. going for, we're going for a punch at the face right here. Okay. 
Oh man, uh, that is a. That's a twelve. A twelve is exactly a hit. Whew. All right, one more damage roll. And that's nine bludgeoning. Nine bludgeoning damage. Okie dokie. With that, Tunji is so he's recognizing that they got they have to distract and keep these people here and hopefully take them out. He's gonna expend yeah. his last key point for mm. to um, practice a patient defense, which gives him the dodge action as a bonus. Oh um, wow! Until the next turn. Okay, and so dodge is a, uh, let's read it off here just so we're real clear on it. Uh, when you take the dodge action, you focus entirely on avoiding attacks until the start of your next turn. Any attack roll against you has disadvantage if you can see the attacker, and you make dexterity saving throws with advantage. So, um, pretty clear on that. Um, all right. By the way, the snake, as you punch him a bunch of times, he does look like you are, you're really beating him up now. Like he, he, that last punch in the face lands and you clock him in the eye. And like, you can feel a little, like a couple of scales come off over his eye and he's bleeding. Like, it looks like it's kind of going into his vision. Awesome. And yeah, with for a little flavor, with the patient defense, Tunji, he's gonna give him He's gonna give him the typical you see like in a lot of martial arts movies where you just like that kind of come on you kind of just like yeah you know. come on like you 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 think like I got a shot against this guy he's a good fighter it's like probably a pretty uh, hard matchup for you but you you do seem to have a handle on it at least when you're dealing damage to him. Yeah, I'm uh, just trying next... to go, go to focus on me, but that's it. Yep, end of turn. Yeah, next in the order, Boz Worm. Okay. Boz is going to take note of what is happening to the Southwest with the poison in the secondary pool mm -hmm. <clears throat> and is going to shout out, no, leave the younglings alone. And I'm going to stab this lady a couple of times in front of me. Okay. A couple of stabs. Which one is that? The uh, uh, north the one, one that or... I'm the one I'm flanking with. Okay, uh, sure. Flanking. Okay. Um, that's a hit with an 18 on the die with advantage. That is, a hit. That is nine points of piercing damage. Nine points of pierce. I will stab again. Uh, 17 on the die. I believe that is going to hit a again hit as well. Yep. Deal some damage. Seven points of piercing damage. Seven points of piercing damage. Okay, and she's not looking good. I then will bonus action. I'll thump her with the butt. Thump her, thump with, her the butt. with the butt. That's another 17 on the die, so. That's another hit. <laughs> and then that's seven more points of damage, bludgeoning. Okay. Um, you, you've you got her on her last legs. Okay. Just one more hit, one more solid hit, and she's done. And then Boz Wormp is going to run away. Okay, Two, that's provoking one three, AOO four, right there. Five, away from one of them. Six, seven. I'm, I'm going to so provoke two be... from. Oh I'm yeah, from I guess all of them. Ah, uh, yeah, you did just go by all of them. I, yeah, I, I, was, I was, I was, I replied too soon. I didn't see. Oh, your except, 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 yeah, except um, for this bottom one. So all, the, the all of the ones that you passed by. Yeah. The so there's the mm -hmm. the two that you sort of like jimmied your way between. 
and then the snake boy, uh, the the one that's kind of clambered over the edge out of the pool does not get the attack. So first scimitar attack. That's a miss with a four. That's a miss with a three for both scimitars. Yes. It's interesting sometimes how the die change things, you know? It's really... <laughs> Almost uh, is on okay. the run! Suddenly this doesn't seem like such a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, if they had been 19s, you know, maybe their modifiers wouldn't be such a big deal. But, uh, yeah, okay. The third one, though, has the snake arms, and he's going to make an attack at you as well. Snake arms. Snake slinks out in your direction, takes a bite, and your armor class is 18. Sure is. That is an exact hit with a 13 on the die. He has a plus Oof. five to his bite Oof. attack. Mr. Exaxes over here. Mr. Exaxes. So first you're going to take 1d4 plus three piercing damage. Heck. That is five piercing damage. Okay. Then you are going to take 2d6 poison damage. Cool, cool, cool. Two poison damage. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> yes, yeah, take guys. three damage. <laughs> yeah, take three damage. Wow. Nice. Yeah, seems so threatening, and then it's like, wah wah. Oh, I'm immune. Oh, I'm gonna take two damage. I'm immune to poison. You're damage. immune to poison too. This is an interesting yeah. matchup here. <laughs> yeah. uh, you guys both trying to poison each other, and you're like, haha, that's nope. cute. That's cute. Yeah. Uh, all right. Better next. Better luck next time, snake boy. And so you, you, I mean, you get bit, but it's just like yeah. it, You can see that the snake mouth on his hand spits out whatever it bites into, like ah. Grace. Yeah. Uh, okay. True, true, true. Uh, so you move by these these uh, snakey yep. boys and girls, and they uh, they bite and slash at you, and it's not that big of a deal apparently. Yep, uh, and I'm free actioning, gonna raise my spear at this other one that's poisoning the young lady. You're like, you're moving towards the poisoner. I got you. You're you're fucking dead, you goddamn right. snake. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, I believe is Bubble Waggle Topple. Okay. Um, I th uh, I just watched Boz skater by and get snatched by this thing a little bit so it looks a little distracted i'm gonna hiss to uh to tunji i got him punch this guy in the nuts and um <laughs> and uh give him assistance if possible okay. Uh, okay. it's a bonus action for me to give help to an ally within five feet of gotcha. me interesting uh, so that is my bonus action and i will uh just run the heck over there um, as far as I can, let's see, where's the button? So I have 25 feet of movement. I can get to there with 25. Um, mm -hmm. which, so I'm like running halfway across this thing, trying to get to gotcha. this person. So I'll use my action cool. to dash to right, get but, there. So, but mm -hmm. I, I like this. I'm, I'm just reading over and for the action economy here. The help yeah. action in this case is going to uh, aid a friendly creature uh, within five uh, feet of you, which he he was within five feet of you, he was exactly five feet away from you, um, and you faint, uh, distract the target, or in some other way uh, team up to make your allies attack more effective. If your ally attacks the target before your next turn, the first attack roll is made with advantage. So as you leave and you no longer give flanking, you yeah, still I, allow him to attack with advantage. 
wow, for that... his next attack roll or his next one attack. Entire turn. Yeah. yeah, but still, like that tactically makes some sense. And I just wanted to highlight that uh, for people that are not staring at a map right now. Yeah, sweet. I appreciate that. Love it. Yeah. Thank awesome. you. Um, yeah, that was very convenient. Um, so cool. <laughs> I'm halfway there. Okay. Um, as I'm like halfway there, I'm gonna begin to pull. So I'm gonna sheath my longsword awkwardly. <laughs> Probably right. this is why I'm kind of moving slow. And I'm going to pull out my net and use my action to get all the way to right next to her, in front okay. of her, in between like where other pools are. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm just gonna be holding that net ready to throw it on her if she goes gotcha. anywhere. One thing to, to visualize is these pools are not that far apart, so it's not that hard to get between them, you know? You, you're moving like across here, feet? and it's like 30 25. feet apart. Yeah, and some of the pools are directly adjacent to each other, while these ones, I think, are actually the farthest that any pools are from each other. It's 30 feet. I'm getting in between her and all the other pools with my neck. Got it. Yeah. Makes sense. Good yeah, move. Okay, next up, the snakes get to go first. We're gonna, Mr. Bitey Hands, <laughs> as he will be known. Um, he's gonna do Bitey Hands at, at Tungji. Yeah, it just, it just established, every, basically anything coming at him right now has disadvantage. Yeah, I know, I don't like that. It's, it has Sorry. disadvantage attacking yeah, you, yeah. and you have advantage attacking it. Right <laughs> All right, so. Wow, it really, you really needed that disadvantage because it did roll an at 20 in there. Oh um, God. Okay, so, and what's your armor class? 17. Yeah, it is a hit still though. Okay. Okay, I'll so. take a regular hit over a crit hit any 1d4 day. plus two, plus three piercing damage. 1d4 plus three piercing damage is seven maximum piercing damage on you. Woo. Ooh, okay. And then two D6 poison damage. Hope you get as good on this roll as Che did with the snake eyes. <laughs> Six. Six damage. Oh man, Tunji is Tunji's he's in he's in awful condition right now, man. He's awful condition. He's trying to hold it down, but he and he's he knows he's doing it for the for the greater good. Yeah. But we'll see. Keep him okay. coming. Okay. It has one more attack. And it's going to make it. Uh, it's going to just for for pure flavor here. It's going to take a, a kind of like arcing sidestep, uh, just to like show off to you a little bit that it knows martial arts too, and it assumes a stance, and then it lunges at you with one of its hands. Roll. Wow. Okay. And again, you uh, you needed that disadvantage because it would have hit you, but instead it misses. God. Okay. Um, oh man, I, I my heart skipped a beat there for a second when I read the first result. I was like, oh no, <laughs> is Tunji about to go down? Um, okay. That was the snaky frill shoulder snake hand person's turn. Next up, would be the three normalish looking ones uh, and the poisoner as well. Um, okay, so one of them that Boswurmp has wailed on quite a bit 
is going to take the disengage action and move into the the marshland. There's like just water nearby the brood pools that are not. Uh, there's no built-up clay bricks around them, but it's just water that goes off into the marshes. Um, so she's going to move away, and you can see that she draws a bow as she enters the reeds. Um, the second one that is next to you, Tunji, as well, is going to uh, take a step into this brood pool and um, just sort of splish splash over some of the uh, the eggs. And I think that she's not in a state where she's able to really uh, figure out how to move away over that terrain without provoking an attack of opportunity from you. Cause it is a little bit of like just directly climbing over a, a wall, like right behind you. So I, I just imagine that with Tunji's awareness here, you would be able to make an AOL here. Okay, here we go. That is a 13. 13's a hit. Okay. I think like, like maybe you like you lunge you like back as like a kick. That's, That's and for a, a paltry five bludgeoning. Five bludgeoning damage still though, you know, you you kick her and she uh does her best not to just fall into the brood pool completely um, and then is going to use the remainder of her movement to get away from you. Um, oops. <laughs> Moved the wrong thing. Uh, and is going to draw her bow and then try to shoot Bosworm. Back. What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> My snakes! Okay, that was a two on the die. Um, so, of uh, arrow lodges in the in the stones near Bosworm, but does not connect. Um, and then let's see, I got one more over here who is going to draw her bow and is going to take another shot at Bosworm. That is going to be a hit. Alrighty, and. The hit does um, four piercing damage and poison damage that you are immune to. Yep. Yep. Okay. I take two piercing. Uh, you take two <laughs> piercing. Yep. Uh, and it sort of—I think it just grazes you, you know, and you can feel like there's some sticky substance on it, but your your body like immediately like a white foam starts appearing there, like there's some weird chemical reaction happening, but it doesn't particularly hurt. Okay, there's one more that gets to go, and it is the poisoner. She is standing right next to Bobble Waggletopple. <laughs> I'm studying her up and down. <laughs> and she's going to take the disengage action. Oh, don't you dare. Oh, she's doing it. Up. One, two, three, four, five, six. And she ends her turn next to one of the brood pools that has not yet been tainted. Man, she got so far. It's only six squares, though. Um, they have humans' movement speed because they're about human size. Uh, alrighty, so top of round, I believe this is, I think it might be six. I, I, I didn't count all of them, but I remember we this started on, uh, this yeah. is six, yeah. We started on the end Third of round four. three, so that makes sense. Okay, um, top of the order is Tunji. 
you are now alone pretty much with this this snaky boy who you've been squaring up with. You both right. are not looking good. Oh yeah, Tunji's Tunji is in pain. He's just grimacing. He is while the wounds from the bites may not look vicious, you can only imagine what what kind of poison or what funkiness has been going on inside. So it looks like he, he's definitely feeling lousy. That said, he's going to keep on going until he can't go no more. So we're going to start with an yeah. unarmed attack against uh, Snaky Head Boy here. Okay. That is an 11. An 11. Uh, same thing that happened before. You feel your fist connect, but it just doesn't seem to affect him. It's like you, it wasn't hard enough. Maybe that poison's getting to him. He's going to try again. It's a 23. That will do it. <laughs> All right. And that's for eight bludgeoning. Eight bludgeoning. Solid. Uh, this time, same spot, second fist, and you hear a crack. Perfect. And he's going to try it. Well, he's going to try drive it home with one more strike. Here we go. All right. That's a 24. That's going to be a hit as well. For a total of nine bludgeoning. Nine bludgeoning. This thing looks like, as it sort of wavers as you punch it, you think, one more hit. And it goes down. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it, it still looks like it's, you know, alive and looks like if it regains its composure from this daze, <laughs> it'll probably make attacks. Oh boy, alrighty. With that, Tunji is I think he's he's just gonna he's kind of he's a little overwhelmed, so he's gonna just kind of honestly turn and face towards these other three, just not knowing where or how to approach this next um, yeah. round of combat. So he's just got his hands are up and he's ready, but he also kinda looks like shit to be honest. Yeah, but you, you you limp back like a couple of feet and just like look between these I like that. oncoming. Yeah, you you guys are you've like circled each other now completely in this combat. All right, um, that's the end of his turn. And it's all happened within this like fifteen foot square next to this brood pool where you guys have been on the edge of a marsh, on the edge of a pond, and the edge of a pathway. It's uh, intense. Um, okay, next in the order is Boswurmp. You, uh, you have an interesting opportunity here. You are between two very high priority targets, I would say. Um, the Poisoner and the person who might, in the next attack, kill your friend that you've just made, who seems the, the one responsible for saving you from this nightmare. Um, so you have a, a decision to make. What's Boswurmp gonna do? God. This is why I love when I read this combat. I was like, mm, that's a good encounter. <laughs> what about this as an option, Ben? Mm. I'm going to turn around to Tunji and I will be like, I'll be like, duck. And I'm going to <laughs> huck my spear back at the snake that he's fighting. I have to say, oh, yeah. from an action movie standpoint, I love that option. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, so make that attack roll, a ranged that's attack. So 14 Oma die, so 21 to hit. <laughs> yep. Okay. 
All right, how much uh, damage, Che? Nine points of piercing damage. And Tunji, as you square up with this thing, ready for what you think might be your final moments. What is this weapon that you're using? Uh, it's I a spear, so I just hucked my fight. <laughs> I huck my spear at this thing. You huck your spear, and it just lodges itself square through the back of this thing's hissing throat, and it dies. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so uh, <laughs> okay. as it as it does this, <coughs> a red mist rises from its body, oh, and coalesces yeah, again. around me, and I gain eight temporary HP. Wow. Um, and while the, and Tunji just strong... looks back with pure gratitude just like <laughs> like absolute oh, relief for the moment like I, I i still have no idea who you are but thank yeah you. that's one strong frog right there so i'm gonna say what a cool moment. and then uh i'm going to oh this is horrible it's it's I'm pretty bad say. here Youngins. you gotta move my net got... i'm gonna chase her right one, yeah two three Four, five, six, seven. So Wormp, Bob's Wormp will chase, then turn and then just chase after the Poisoner. Okay. Moving your full movement speed, and now you end your turn about 15 feet away from her. Yes. Um, trying to see if there's anything else I can do here. I don't think there necessarily is. I mean, you don't have any more attacks. You made one attack. Well, I, I threw my spear, so... Oh, and you don't, I, I don't know your whole build, you know, so. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I, the spear is the only weapon I had. It was the only one that I got back also. Gotcha, um, I mean, shoot, I, wow. there you go, there. Can I jump? Can I make a running jump? Are you, do you have on your grung stats uh, anything that says anything yes, about a jump? Yes, it says my long jump is 25 feet yeah. and my high jump is 15 feet with or, with or without a yeah. running start. So I can tell you definitively whether or not it's this way in anybody else's games. In this game, especially in the Kasur campaign, you can definitely use a jump as part of your move action, if that makes sense. Um, and you can... Within the bounds of your movement? Or like... No, it, it can extend it, but it is a... Uh, it can be up to my uh, interpretation, sometimes a check to be able to accomplish it that can change the results, as well uh, as if you have a long jump or a high jump trait, you are more able to do certain kinds of jumps at the beginning of your movement, in the middle of your movement, at the end of your movement. Um, I think what you're doing though, Che, is you are a frog person moving your full movement speed and then doing the long jump action, right? Yeah, that'd be the idea. So I think that though, like, don't you guys agree that just like kind of makes a certain amount of sense that yeah, like yes. a frog person has extra jump. And so at the end of their pat, 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 jump, that's mm -hmm. how they move really. Absolutely. Um, so, and that I'll say is how I was moving the bullywugs and how I interpreted that rule um, after some research on jump checks and stuff. So, would you like me to make answer, a check? I don't think what. You, so, what are you trying to do? You're trying to jump. I'm just next trying to, her? to like land here, basically. Yeah. Well, so, so then what? What we're seeing here, like just purely D and D theory wise, you're trying to jump across flat terrain, 
uh, yeah. with no there's no gaps under you it's not raining and slippery isn't you know like it's it's a straight up you moved and you jumped so i don't think there's any check involved but um what does your jump distance say 25 feet is what it says there you go jump, and then so that so. means as part of your move action you can move 25 feet by jumping i know Boink. it's crazy but that that makes you a very mobile character and I think that we should remember that there are other characters you can roll that have flying as an innate trait, you know? So it's it's just a different way of moving. All right, so Boss Warrant bounces down next to this lady and just kind of squishes it on himself and goes like, mm, don't you dare poison those younglings, you sneaky lady. So I have intelligent fighting, uh, which allows me to, when making an attack or damage roll with a weapon that I'm proficient with, I can use my intelligence modifier instead of strength or dexterity. It's gotcha. how uh, specialists that are obsessed with weapons work. Gotcha. Your your knowledge of weaponry. Uh, you are yeah. a uh, a armchair knight. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like bobble waggle topple like with the huge sword, just uh, hardly wielding it, but knowing how to. And yeah. knowing tactics and stuff. And... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, got it. All right, so go ahead and make that style of a roll. <laughs> cool. Um, for the record, that's how I've been doing all my attack rolls. Um, I Yeah, I think we've even with done with this seven. before, but I am yeah, also just good. stupid and don't remember things. C carry on. Good. You play, you DM a lot of games. I do. I DM rolled a natural 18. Night, that, that'll do it. I mean, yeah. Okay. You, um, so then what happens when the net connects with her? Is there a mechanic? Uh, she's restrained, I believe. She's let me restrained. Read, let me read the int, which means her speed is zero. Mm. Let me read the actual deets on a net. Um, a larger, smaller yeah. creature hit, hit with a net is restrained until it is freed. A net has no effect on creatures that are formless or creatures that are huge or larger. A creature can use its action to make a DC 10 strength check, freeing okay. itself or another creature within its reach on a success. Dealing five slashing damage, AC 10, also frees the creature without harming it, ending oh, okay. the effect and destroying the net. But so it, while she's restrained, a restrained creature's speed becomes zero and it can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. So the, it can still make attack rolls is what I was getting at there. Uh, and the creature has disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. So it can attempt to using, for example, her scimitar to cut herself free uh, with an AC of 10, is that what it was? AC of 10, yeah. Got it. And that's five, five, five hit points. That's, uh, it, it would need to do well, I think, on both accounts to be able to do that. And then it would still be right next to both of you. So she looks like, oh shit, when that happens, as you like a weighted <laughs> oh, net uh, grabs her and she fumbles a little bit as it weights her down to the ground. I say uh, to Boz, light her up, and uh, step <laughs> over to this side to get a little bit of orientation using my last five feet of movement. And um, yeah, I guess that's my turn. I would, right, I would, that would me, be me giving him assistance, help action, but he's already got advantage to attack her. Okay, for, so advantage is, is uh, implied here. You guys have it in three ways right now. Yeehaw. Cool. That's my <laughs> turn. All right. Uh, 
And then it is their turn. The re what remains of them. And I'm going to tell you, um, from a purely meta standpoint, um, you have one pinned between two of you in a net that looks like she's got an arrow in her leg and an arrow that grazed her arm and tore her garment. And she's bleeding quite a bit, but not dead. There are also three more of these. They kind of look like when, now that you've been engaged with them for a little while, like these robed cultist snake women uh, who were with these weird snake men that were like buff and shirtless and hyper-masculine, weird sexual thing going on here between them is what you, you've kind of picked up on. Um, and the the remaining three women with the short bows that have been pestering you guys, but not really dealing significant damage with any of the arrows, they're all slinking off away, like edging away from you and looking around like, Maybe they're looking for a way to hit you, but also maybe looking for a route for the exit. Uh, both of the snake dudes with the large uh, frills have been brutalized and are dead. Um, and they, I think, want to live to see another day instead of just going down with the fight here after their meat shields die. Um, that's the vibe that I think is, is happening. So I'm going to ask... What do you guys as a party want to do um, in general with this situation? Are you meaning to pursue them and give chase if they are bolting as one begins to move towards uh, the edge of the brood pools and, and takes a few tentative steps away, feeling it out? Bungie never really wants to pursue violence if given the option. So if while he's still on his guard, he wouldn't pursue them with intent to like, I'm gonna murder these people. He yeah, probably Bubbles on the same that. page as that. But also like does not want them to be attacking us or yeah. anybody. And so like also feel free to just talk this out as as table talk here. Like I'm saying like the, the monsters, their vibe is they kind of want to run away from you now, uh, and they begin to take that action during their turn. And I'm asking as, as, a, as like a free action, mechanically, do you guys want to discuss any of that? Or as players, do you want to discuss any of like what you guys want to do with this situation that I think you now have under control in a certain sense? You have choices right now. Um, so go ahead. Benji has one HP, so aside from his ideological oh. beliefs of nonviolence, I would probably not want to keep fighting at the moment. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I so think, one lucky shot. I think Bobble's priorities are to keep this person restrained and possibly interrogate them in a safe place and also yeah. administer aid to their friend as soon as possible. Okay. Um, which I, I like have an ability to be able to heal a little bit. So like, mm -hmm. I feel like that would probably be like one of the things that I would do. And Che slash boss. Uh, boss is still in a rage. And uh, yeah. this thing was killing children. So I think boss's immediate priority is to slug this poisoner lady until she's knocked out just yeah. over and over again. And then so if, uh, if seeing the specifically, if seeing these three others that have been 
fighting you, slinking mm -hmm. away. Does this boss change their course of action? And at Che, you as a player, like where do you sure. For, so this for me, Ben, just has to do like on my turn, what I would do is punch this person. And if I knock her out with my attack, two attacks with yeah. a puncher, then yeah. I would turn and run to my spear and try to chuck it at like one of them so that was still running away. But pursue more violence. But like, are you going to give chase? Do you, no, do you think? I, I think that I would try to kill one and then probably realize my rage is almost over, too. So I'd probably try to like kill I, one, I don't realize like, they're going uh, different directions and then stop I don't want to like get too weird like shadow boxing here with like what would we do in this situation instead of what do you do um mm -hmm. but i think why i ask is because you get the vibe that as they're taking their turn here and maybe they ready a couple of little arrow attacks against you guys that you are they're retreating um and so i'll roll a couple of times <laughs> If we pursued them, that could just open up the breeding grounds to someone just to come in after we run after them and poison mm. the rest of the bulls. I wish I was joking, really, when I, I tell you guys what I just rolled of the three rolls that I rolled. Three twenties. What were they for? Not three. Four. Two twenties. And they were wow. the three arrow attacks that are coming towards you guys as they retreat. <laughs> Um, Very rude. So, Chunky, <laughs> I'm just gonna say uh, they will not be able to do. What's your um, your maximum health? My max health is yeah. 45. Yeah, they will not be able to do enough damage to you to instantly kill you. But okay, two arrows go thunk thunk right into Tunji's chest. I love it. Yeah, and I do have the deflect missiles, but yeah, the reaction would be a moot point. So that's that's. Let's so take those two. Maybe just, you even like you grab onto one of them and like you feel it. It doesn't do that much, but at this point, it is just it's the breaking point for you. And second one, whoop! Your vision dims, and you pass out. Well, I'm gonna just zero out my HP for like a second, and then because I think I hear this or see this, I yeah. the thing is restrained. Boz is about to smash its head, and I'm like, we're okay here, and I run to uh, do a thing yeah. to heal my friend. I have one of my specialties as a specialist is uh, called field medic. So I can use okay. uh, my action to touch one ally to choose and expend a specialty die to restore hit points equal to the number rolled plus my intelligence modifier. Okay. Is that cool? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but so, so you have to move over there or is yeah. it within a certain range? Uh, um, I have to touch him. Yeah, it's like a so, very physical thing. That like would I'm provoke an attack a... of opportunity with disadvantage because she's restrained, but provoke an attack of opportunity. You're standing over well, the person. Well, then I bonus action disengage. <laughs> okay, you bonus action disengage and then move Let's to see. do this. Oh, I only have 50 feet of movement then, but I will so get So you get him part of the round. way. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And as you, as you do that, you know, you see that basically these, uh, these human scale people who are assailing you they're they're one turn away from slinking out into the marsh and potentially going out of your line of sight into the reeds um so tell me what happens here you guys what do you All do right. now you're out of initiative order and he's licked i Bought. finish running over and heal him yeah, boss is going to beat this lady senseless. Is, is my plan. Okay. 
punch, punch, punch until punch, she's punch, 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 punch until she's knocked out. Fully knocked out. Yeah, oh, that man. happens, and it's like there's probably a lot of rage in you, and then I don't want to play your character for you, but I think I'm, I imagine a couple of tears running down your face. Yeah, as this I think is that. Happening. Yeah, Boz is like punching her and just kind of yelling at her and spitting on her and being like, Yeah. You can't hurt the tadpoles. No one hurts the tadpoles. And it's just like pounding her cheeks in. Yeah, mash, and mash, mash. she goes down. And she, she tries to even respond to you, but you just are relentless and, and quiet her with punches until she stops moving. And I think that I was at like seven. I was at eight rounds of rage, so probably goes away again. Okay. And the scene is now Tunji passed out. A couple of arrows in him. Bobble standing over him. Attending yeah, I, him. I come crashing down and um, uh, how does this work? Let's see. I probably like do it's like some sort of like actual medical thing. I don't know whether that would be like uh, stopping the bleeding yeah. or like um, I don't know. I do yeah, some sort I think of in this case, smart like, thing. <laughs> putting pressure on the wounds and like yeah. uh, taking out a kit of like first aid stuff. Maybe yeah, you like have, have like a little potion that stuff. isn't like it isn't like a healing potion, but maybe it's like real world medicine you have. Yeah, I think I have bag, some herbs you know? to stop the bleeding and stuff and to yeah. uh, dim the pain and stuff to like bring yeah, him back to exactly. consciousness and stuff. That exists in a, in a magical world where you have healing potions. Like there are still, there's like penicillin exists in my yeah, opinion. Like, you know, uh, yeah. a bad example, like uh, like uh, 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 the equivalent of a uh, milk of the poppy, you know, to give him yeah. to numb the pain a little bit, get him out of any shock he might be in. And stem the, bleeding, uh, stem the bleeding, like anticoagulant herbs, like these things yeah. exist. So, okay. Tiger bomb. Cool. Some tiger uh, so bomb. You, get you do uh, some acupressure Six and then you read his horoscope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you see Bobble like uh, doing this and uh, you got six hit points. Awesome. Okay. Specialty cool. die. And so and I think, just you know, just. Mm-hmm. For the moment, though, I think you're unconscious as this okay. aid is administered right. to you, and like maybe you regain some dim vision, and you're like, oh, oh. but a couple of moments it's pass, a, a, a beat as Boz beats the shit out of this snake person, and there's finally quiet as the rest of them slink off into the marshes, and you don't even hear their footsteps anymore, and everything is still. What do you guys do? Tenji's gonna lie here for a minute. Um, yeah, uh, I feel like maybe like a short rest to try to get my friend's health back to full. Yeah. Or at least allow him a short rest, uh, pull out my crossbow time. to hold down the fort and sure. not let anybody come near us. Taking some time to do nothing but eat, drink, tend to wounds, rest, talk, that kind of stuff. Talk to Boz about yeah. um, his ideas about what's going on here. Yeah. Well, I think Boz, Boz is going to try to, uh, after the combat is done, he's going to well, join in the wound tending and stuff like that, but then he's also going to tr- try to take some of these eggs out of these poison pools and like wash them in the clean water and stuff like when that. When you touch the eggs... 
which normally you you know are are robust enough to be handled and moved like it maybe even part of their gestation is that they they don't spend their entire time in these hatching pools they they kind of make a migration from a hatchery to uh, different stages of development and when they're this close to being ready they're pretty big um, and you you touch one and where there would normally be a firm skin it just gives to your hand like it's already completely disintegrated and rotted away Ugh. and you uh, get the sense that 40% of this brood has been killed alright well I mean the boss is definitely gonna not continue with this folly uh, you said 40% Right, so there's sixty percent that we could move. Oh, move, uh, or or let come to term in their in their normal pools. Like I imagine would be what Boz would want here. Yeah, I was just gonna uh, see if I could like wash wash poison off of them and like clean. You water, you you think they're... you take one to the marsh where there's a little bit of running water and a small creek, and and you try to wash it, but it's just it's like trying to wash hmm. a, a piece of rotten fruit and it's it sludged. comes yeah. apart and it. And it's probably too gruesome to go into the details of what this really is. Um, you know, it's it's a horrific scene here for you as someone who is like midwife to the brood. You know, mm-hmm. yep. It's this is this is a nightmare. Um, what what these people have done is unforgivable. Yeah. So Boz is gonna spend like the next ten minutes probably just kind of like crying in the shallows of the fresh water. Yeah. Handling this husk of a yeah. small baby frog so i want to ask how long it doesn't matter to me i i'm not i'll tell you this like just purely metagame wise like there's no mechanic that's going to punish you for taking longer right now how long do you guys wait here uh, no one comes to attack you there's no movement uh, the, the the refugees that you rescued seemed like they just split and no one's here anymore. The, the entire place is just abandoned except for the three of you and the, the unconscious one. Seems like I it would, would be think... good to find a place to long rest. Mm. What was that, yeah. Jesse? Yeah, not seeing like I mean, I was gonna say at least an hour just for Tunji to be like you know yeah. feel comfortable standing on his feet again after being you know beat down. But sure. I mean, if yeah, if, if there is no time limit, like I, I maybe a long purely rest mechanically, like, I, I don't yeah. want to give the impression that like if you don't do something right now, the, yeah. something even worse will happen. Like <laughs> you have no with... information, also in the story to indicate that that is true, right? Yeah. You are, you're just here, with and nothing happens. Yeah, with the significance of everything that just transpired, like it went from like let's check out the town to oh man, like you know brood is being killed right before our eyes yeah it's genocide is what has happened there yeah a long rest not only just to like rest but to like literally like okay hold on let's let's actually get to know each other boss and like let's really try to like figure out what's going on because we need to if we're gonna our next action might be like the end all like action to like the livelihood of these things if we go if we go chasing after these guys we could be missing something that we're not thinking about yeah, maybe some some rest and like a literal long rest and some reflection is what you guys want to do right now. I like that. 
that makes sense to the boss probably he's probably just gonna wander back over Ooh. after having a good cry so um I feel like at some point I would like as we're like trying to discuss this and long rest and stuff I probably get out my medallion again and mm-hmm. if this person is still unconscious in the net um yep. maybe we would try like we don't have to role play at all um but like yeah. just like trying to extract some information to understand more about what's going on the only thing i have to ask is what methodology do you use to extract this information uh i have a medallion of thoughts so i can cast detect thoughts right. a couple times so, a day three charges and, and you so. just she's unconscious at the moment so you could wait yeah. for her to rouse after and i think that in the meantime maybe we can while she's still unconscious here what's um you don't detect any thoughts from her except for the sort of like the buzzing of an unconscious mind that's in a dreamless sleep gotcha. um but you you think well maybe if we attended to her medically you could maybe rouse her or you could wait and she would probably naturally come to you, you can just look at her and she's she's not gonna die probably from her wounds she's just knocked out you breathing yeah whenever's clever um i just wanted to be able oh. to use that and uh see totally. what we could learn from her at the um, moment it is an unhappy that's her thoughts in the thought bubble all z's that makes sense um yes i mean we want to just long rest here and talk about it and protect this place know, and then themselves. that kind of makes sense to, Let me, to me put you guys back then on the village map let's go look at this and look at the big picture so you are all here can you see the text that says brood pools yes yes you are all here near the near the river right they the the enemy went off into the swamps and the woods um there are some houses and other structures that look like they could be storage or crafting kind of areas um that are nearby to you you can see there's a dot here there's a dot here there's a dot here these are all buildings um so tell me what you guys want to do. Uh, you will be able to even be within eyesight of the brood pools in one of the adjacent structures. I'd probably investigate for or talk to Boz about what he thinks would be the safest one to like take Tunji to so that we and I, I mean I don't I guess we'll just leave her here. I don't know. I feel like we could just stay at the brood pools and sleep here and keep an eye out. Um, yep. So out in the open at the brood pools? I don't know where I would go, um, and I would ask Boz or look around. Um, Boz maybe would know then like the, uh, somebody's who lived near the brood pools, like who had a house or something like that, and sure. they'd be like, "Yeah, uh, the like... lives up this way." Yeah, so like right across the. the right across the, the ways just out of the the line of sight of uh the uh like the river when then you kind of come up onto the rise that has the brood pools on it there are a couple of buildings and one of them is um your friend's home but they're also involved in the birthing of these generations here and they um even when the the pools are empty they tend to them and make sure that the right balance of 
uh, plant life and uh, acids and stuff are, are present in them. Right. Uh, so you, you basically go to like the pool house of this this place. Yeah. Um, are we leaving the person behind there? No, I'm gonna drag the the snake lady okay. up and like. Yeah, tie I'm gonna her try to help. So it's just two, us two small people <laughs> carrying like uh, like uh, you're, you're doing like Gulliver's Travels. Yeah, <laughs> carrying her off. Hut, uh, hut, hut, not hut. quite that scale, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you carry her off, and you guys like bed down in this kind of nice mud brick building. Um, it's it's got some nice chambers with beds. Um, a, a couple of the pieces of furniture look like they've been knocked over, like something really bad happened here. But it wasn't totally trashed. Um, so oh, nice. I you can kind of clean it up and, and find a bed, and there's even a, a fireplace you could start up a fire and cook some food if you wanted uh it's up to you guys but how, how you want to spend this time so i'd like to hear from each of you maybe what, what you do to spend this long rest um well i guess in, uh, that knowing uh, the knocking out all the recovery stuff tunji would definitely yeah. kind of in the fire if everyone's kind of gathered around he will look to boss and just out of concern you know ask like um, boss with with these young ones the ones that didn't make it what what does this mean for the village? Uh, Boz is going to be kind of like s- scratching on the ground with a twig. He's going to look up. It, it, it means mainly bad things for the seasons to come. The ripple effect of that many young ones dying is going to be felt for at least a couple of generations. The town will have to shrink a bit, but they will survive if if they are still alive. There we have the, the, the problem as well of, I don't know if any of the tenders of the parents are actually still alive. So here's something, I wanna, um, I know that you're like kind of an expert in this specific ritual, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, part of your character, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is like, you live yeah. in a village nearby in the forest, and you come here to tend the brood pools and the rituals surrounding them when another spawning occurs. And that occurs, you know, on like some sort of lunar calendar that follows the rhythms of the world and uh, also happens to be how multiple frog people's cultures are set up around. Right. Um, yep. Uh, so I want to have you, though roll me something to uh what this role is going to signify is not like how well you understand the stuff that obviously you would know from that but more in the meta understanding of nature um and like how this this process works and then i'll tell you like what you can interpret from that if that makes sense okay so go ahead and roll me a nature check okay okay and um What's your what's your bonus to that? I'm just curious. Zero. Zero. A solid okay. zero. So I got myself a good old fashioned eleven. An eleven. Yeah. Okay. So you know, maybe you're not like uh, other people that you know, like like the person whose house this is, who's like a druid, who like mm-hmm. knows about the nature of this and tends to it and maintains the proper balance in the pools. You're more like a ritual attendant, right? Yeah, I think that I kind of like what I what I envision 
Boz as being is kind of like a almost like a scout leader to a degree, right. but like a barbar okay. like you know like a vision quest barbarian leader that's supposed sure, to take the sure. younglings and like teach so them the first steps of life. Your role really starts not when they're in the eggs. Your role yeah. starts at the spawning and the beginning of this new generation's life. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. And so you don't really know exactly about what this means like biologically for the pools, but you do know the general mechanics of how uh, Betrachian creatures uh, from Bullywugs to Grung to Gripply and other amphibian uh, creatures, a lot of them have a mechanic where they have a single matriarch who is the one who will lay the clutch of eggs for that brood. And then, once they are fertilized and they are ready to be uh, implanted into the habitat that they're going to grow to term in, um, then certain conditions need to be met for them to you know, mature into sometimes different kinds of frog creatures. Um, but you know that the way generationally things work is that there's like usually a queen, almost like a beehive uh, in our world. And right. she spawns generation after generation after generation of new frog creatures. And one thing that you know that I'm not sure if you will tell them, but I know I, I want the listener and I want you to know is that these creatures, the matriarchs of these tribes, the, all the different types of amphibian people, they can live to be incredibly old. You don't know how old the pond mother here truly is. But her right. brood has lived here and actually nearby uh, in the old village, um, which is now uh, abandoned, just as this one seems right now. Um, they've been here for before the stories of your people begin. Right. So that's what you know, even with an 11. I don't know about some of the mechanics, but you know the gist of the story because this is also your life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so okay. I think that I would probably just communicate this kind of like what I was saying before to Rita. Like, it's probably kind of fairly abnormal to have this many young frog people die at one time. Right. So... I'm like from the way that I understand it purely as like yeah. a numbers thing. I'll be like, well, this is just gonna ripple, right? Because then there's gonna be sure. in when these frogs get older, there's gonna be way less of them having babies or like being able to have babies, right? So, or just being able to provide less resources for the collective yeah. and mm -hmm. the effect that that's gonna have on maintaining. Like, if you think about like, imagine if a beehive had uh, a forty percent of their next generation of bees die. Um, yeah how much honey can they stockpile for winter before they can't you know it's it's a there's there's complex generational economics at play in these amphibian species that walk the world of kasur so there you go that that is a beautiful national geographic <laughs> he yeah. soaks us in and he's like he's somber he just kind of like you know looks down to the fire and just nods like wow like holy crap this this really 
is a big thing for these people right now. Yeah. Same. Okay. I think otherwise, Boz will probably be uh, spending his time maybe wanting to talk a little bit about the temple and telling uh, his companions here, like, what he knows of it and maybe, like, uh, some myths and stuff that he's heard about it and stuff like that. I think playing off of, uh, like, what I was talking about earlier, like, maybe some childhood horror stories or something I used to hear about the temple or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just about the, like, you know, there was tales of frog people go or grung going there and then having their skin poisoned but in a way that's not good that's not that's not <laughs> normal or something like that and so when they would shed they would like when they would eat their own skin because that's what frogs do yeah they would, uh, they would die and then they would kill themselves and it was like a bedtime story and i always kind oh, of no. assumed that it was <laughs> uh not a real story a but, molt that that yeah. kills you yep oof but, but, may, but maybe it is real after seeing this crazy poison that these things have that yeah. kills the, the baby frogs in, in their cocoon, their little tadpole <clears throat> eggs. Speaking of which, I feel like I would definitely want to make sure to take all of the poison from the person that we're carrying around. Oh, yeah. You just want to loot check her? Check that out. Yeah, I would want to loot her for sure. Um, okay. Yeah, fully. Um, and uh, well, you, you definitely uh, find... Uh, uh, seven more vials of uh, of poison. One of them shattered on the ground as you guys uh, got her yeah. in the net. Um, she was packing wow. heat. Oof. She had enough to do more than enough damage. Um, and these are black vials of poison that you don't know what it is, but it is obviously quite potent. Um, in There's addition, nothing special about it, though. I mean, it, it does radiate some kind of magic if you're looking at it in, in that kind of way. Like, even just uh, looking at it for a moment will, will tell you uh, it, it's not something to trifle with. But if you want to investigate how it works, that's another matter. Yeah, I would be very curious to, like, if there... Yeah, I would... Because this seems like it was pretty bad and knowing the stories that Boz is telling us. And I would just want to know as much as I can about it. So I'd be curious yeah. to see if, like, there's some way to either reverse the effects or to understand more about it in some way. Um, yeah, I think that these these questions cross your mind, but I, unless you want to describe to me the manner in which you're going to test out your theories about it, um, I'm not going to make you make a check about it or anything. Uh, well, I haven't... I guess I could have mentioned this earlier. I have like an herbalism kit. I don't okay. Know what's in an herbalism kit? Let's see. I'll stop talking while I look. <laughs> okay. We can come back to this. I mean, I, I, yeah. it's good to know that you're like, <clears throat> I would like to research this poison. Um, but I think that that's a process that even your your character Bob will become kind of aware that like, well, I can't just like expose other things to it. You're like even afraid to open it. You don't know what would happen. Um, is it something that has an aroma that could knock you out? How did they administer it? There were so many things happening when that was, you know, it was just like, it seemed to supernaturally snake between all of those eggs in the span of a second or two. So. Yeah, if there's no ability check that I can make about it, then I guess there's not really. If you want to describe to me what you do to learn more about it, I will entertain the notion. I am looking at it in 
thinking of all the lore and stories that okay. I've read about and think um, and uh, and okay. heard of and stuff. Just like so going, I think for wrecking that... my brain, wrecking my brain to think of things that are similar to this or um, uh, the opposite of this. Or sure, just sure. Like, just, yeah, well, I guess like tapping into knowledge. Yeah, and like if I could identify it in any way, like mm -hmm. does it wreck, look familiar? And um, do I yeah. remember anything that seems like it? It, it, it what you know is that magical. It definitely seems magical. Hundred percent seems magical. Um, what it, what you you know is that you've never actually seen a poison like this in person ever. Um, it also seems to be really viscous. Like when you move the vial in your hand, it it is uh, it's thick. Um, if you'd like to um, make me a history check, I can tell you what you would know about uh, poisons. Uh, do you have like a, a proficiency bonus from the herbalism kit or something? Um, not exactly in that thing. That would probably be like an alchemist kit, which I might yeah. be proficient with, though. I might, I just might not have any, so it doesn't matter. But okay. I might be proficient with alchemist kits. Um, actually, I am proficient. You are? So if you're proficient in alchemy, um, then yeah. I think... So that gives you your proficiency bonus to checks related to alchemy. This would be like a history of alchemy kind of check, you know? Like you're, okay. you're, you're trying to tap into the knowledge you have about how poisons are created. Yeah, yeah, because this... Yeah, and maybe there's that have a, existed a book... And poisons that, yeah. Yeah, that I read about the different yeah. kinds of poisons. So and go stuff. ahead and then make me a history check with your proficiency uh, bonus, whether or not you're cool. trained in it. All right. Oh man, I rolled like garbage. I might as well spend my last specialty die of the day. Okay. Yeah, you are on a long. Ooh, rep. I rolled a six. Okay. So that's What's your total. Five <laughs> plus six plus my history. <laughs> okay. Uh, so eleven plus my history is seven. So okay, 18, nice. 18. Nice. So there you go. You, this is, this is what your character is good at. This is, yeah, so exactly. is you got to find the way to nerd, it. All, all we're doing there is we have to find the exact okay. methodology for how you're, you know, figuring this out. And so you rack your brain, like you said, and you just think and brain. think and think. And this okay, doesn't right, look like right, anything right. that you've seen before, but by how viscous it is and how, um, you, you think back on looking at it as it moved between the eggs. Uh, it seemed like it almost had a certain animation to it. Um, that was my intuition, and I was afraid of it. Yeah, it, it kind of, like, moved a little bit. Does it seem uh, alive? It seems like it isn't alive, but perhaps it is from a creature, like, derived from a creature that has a horrible, horrible venom. Um, and you only know of ickers that behave in this manner, that like adhere to surfaces supernaturally, that seek out organic things to poison, that, that seem to have a mind of their own. You only know that worms uh, have poisons like that. Like, worm, W-O-R-M, like giant, Worms. Ooh. 
to so sleep. you know about the source of this you know that it's like kind of alive um or at least behaves in a way that mimics life yeah so i think yeah you know about it I think I remember reading about those gross worms and the disgusting mucus ichor that people make poisons yeah. out of, I guess. The and last I detail I have for you is that you, you know that it could be one of many different kinds of worms, and you have no idea what kind. For sure. Yeah, like maybe it looks like a similar one that I was yeah that was much smaller and different a much color, much smaller worms and yeah and you're like this one had these properties but this oh no this is much different than that one yeah uh, i think i share that with the gang and be like boz does, have you ever heard of any like worms like this like around here this mm. does it seem Boy, like a, any any legends you've heard let me take a closer look at that real quick. Okay. Be careful. It's it's really dangerous. Uh, does it match anything? Maybe something that I've heard about in a in a fairy tale, a froggy tale. Well? Yes. Yeah. Go I'm gonna try to cast history. back into my my froggy my froggy yeah. tales. My mom used to tell me as a small frog. Is there any way that I can help him with that? Um, froggy tales. As I'm like sure, describing you can, the while you're telling him, yeah, yeah. So. And, in the way that um, I understand this. So go ahead and roll me a, a the same check that you just rolled. Um, and uh, you, if you succeed, you will aid him. Me? History yeah. check? Michael. Uh, same yeah. check, the history check plus your, all those modifiers. I uh, rolled and then... a nine plus seven, which is my history. Okay. Uh, so 16. 16? Okay. So yeah. you do aid um, in describing this process. So that's a plus two to your okay so i rolled the 14 so i get a 16 you have a 16 as well okay so with a 16 what you know about this like and and poisons like this and uh, based off the story about worms and the idea of you know these snake people wielding this you you do know that you know there's like this fairy tale that the ancient temple near your little village um generations ago before anyone that's alive now, um, there was this conflict between uh, between peoples. And, and, and as you tell this story to the two of them, as Tunji's re regaining consciousness and you guys maybe have a little meal uh, together, you guys can't help but remember the Book of Cylinders and what it said and how this folktale that this grung is telling you is a an echo, an oral history of the same thing. And you remember that part of the triptych was snake creatures and snake-like humanoids encircling the temple and the griply in devastation and disarray uh, mourning underneath them in these images. Uh, and you think, like, snakes are... Uh, they come in many shapes and sizes, and you wonder, if is the line between a worm and a snake uh, in this story such an important distinction? Mm. I almost feel like it's time to wake up uh, what's-her-name and yeah. uh, probe her thoughts now with, and ask her okay. about, How about worms this? and stuff. As this is happening, and, and it's nighttime, and the firelight starts to 
kind of flicker and you guys all really start to bed down. One of you takes a watch uh, and you see uh, Bobble. You, you, maybe you volunteer to take the first watch and watch yeah. over them. Maybe they'll wake up and they do a little bit, just enough to, they have one HP and they, uh, they're just dreaming and they're dreaming of this beautiful still water. And you, you, you get this, this feeling of just stillness, this image of the water. And you, you sort of like wait for this image to change. And as they're in this peaceful one thought, and then something moves under the water in this huge arcing ripple. And that's all you get. Would I be able to probe deeper as per the spell? Sure. Read me the text of the spell now, and we'll see what you can do yeah. by probing deeper. Because this is the what she is currently dreaming as she's still mostly unconscious. Yeah, I don't know how the uh, the save would go and stuff because she's sleeping. But let's yeah. see. Uh, you initially learn the surface thoughts of a creature, what's most on its mind. As an action, you can either shift your attention to another's creature... Um, or attempt to probe deeper into the same creature's mind. If you probe deeper, the target must make a wisdom saving throw. If it fails, you gain insight into its reasoning, okay. its emotional state, sure. and something that looms large in its mind, such okay. as words. Okay, reasoning, emotional state, and something that looms large in their mind. So let's let's do that. Go ahead and make me a... Uh, I have to make a wisdom saving throw here. DC what? Wisdom save, yeah. And then, like, if there's any way that I can, like, subtly try to get her to think about worms and stuff, maybe, <laughs> after some time, because I'm, like, concentrating okay, on Okay, let's, let's first... Oh, okay, I, I think that you, you don't wormies, need to... Wormies, you know. wormies, 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 wormies. Imagine, wormies, imagine wormies. trying to trick somebody into thinking oh, about a, worms. I, I think, no, you're not going to worm your way out of this <laughs> one. Oh, God. I, I, I don't think that you well. need to compel her to think about worms as she rolls a seven on her wisdom saving throw. Um, and, and you probe deeper so what you what you see remind me of the three things i already uh, forgot them. yeah you gain insight uh, emotional state reasoning emotional state and something that looms large in its mind such as reasoning worries over yeah. loves or hates okay reasoning um it, it just any. thinks um it, it thinks in its its hazy unconscious dream um i wasn't ready i, I wasn't ready yet don't don't take me now. That's all it's, it's really thinking. It's like, it wasn't ready to die. Um, then the, um, and it, it seems kind of just confused about its whereabouts. Um, yeah. And the uh, emotional state, that's sort of that, that confusion and pain and, and just uh, fear. Um, and then something that looms large in its mind is where it thinks it's going. Um, if you are on death's door, you tend to contemplate things, if you can, uh, about what maybe you are even hallucinating, or maybe you are seeing and you don't know if it's real or not. And what she is seeing as she slowly stabilizes um, and, and regains a little bit of health, uh, she's she's seeing what you the closest thing you can ascertain is maybe this is their god or their afterlife or something like that 
and there's this great serpent beneath the waves, and she is thinking about that. Um, mm. I hope that she goes back to sleep and leave her alone. And find the others <laughs> and like, it's a cult. She's in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate, I would say, probably. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't know for sure, but I feel like that's what Bobble is thinking for sure. Sure. Um, as, uh, yeah, once I finish my watch, if uh, you need me to make any perception check. Or no, no, I mean, I'll tell you, there's nothing that happens uh, over the course of the night that, that ticks anybody's, uh, you know, box when they're ta taking a watch. The, the night passes. And does anyone else have anything else they like to do uh, during this long rest? I think Tunji, going back to the discussion about the worm, Tunji wouldn't have much to chime in. He'd probably suggest that maybe his his own master may know a lot more, having been more traveled than him. But um, he just he's like he's totally wrapped with their discussion and like just kind of soaking it all in. But beyond that, he's he's bushed. He's definitely gonna um, chill out for the night. Okay. I th I think that uh, boss boss would just be focused on the idea that. Uh, in the morning, what is the plan? Where are they yeah. going from here? And kind of pointing out that, like, it seems like if we're going to find out what is going on, that we're going to have to go to the temple. So, Boz is going to say that, like, he kind of knows the way there. It's kind of near where uh, he has his old stomping grounds where he grew up. So, he probably could find a way there. Yeah, you know the way there enough. You know that if yeah. you wander around in that little area uh, I'd run into area eventually. you you'd eventually run into it it's just a matter of finding where you turn and then there's a big tree and then you duck under yeah. a thing and then one time we played hide and seek there and somebody got too close and the skeleton and came it, and it was really scary butt. uh yeah, yeah i would say you, no <laughs> skeleton came out but one time you got really close and then the elders yeah. yelled at you like do not go there no, Ben, I swore it was a skeleton. It was definitely and a skeleton. swore it was a skeleton. A 10-foot <laughs> tall vampire. They got Jimmy. They poked his yeah. butt. Did you hit Jimmy yeah. in the ass with a stick? No, it was no. a skeleton. Yeah. So, but yeah, that is the vibe of the of the old temple near your your village. Yeah. And where there's a where there's a cult, there's a there's a cult center of activity, so I think at least it would befall on them mm -hmm. like oh, if Bobble can deduce there's a cult then Clearly, they're operating out of somewhere, so that's... I'll add also that um, the Pond Mother, through Miter Jan's and Bobble's translation device, um, the, the Pond Mother communicated to you that these uh, friendly scaled ones that were with her at the refugee camp that used to be the trading post, um, that they had come under good terms. And you guys even fought alongside briefly some other snaky people um when you first set fire to the hut um they had come on good terms just friendly snake people in a village of rock people and they wanted to do an excavation at the temple that would yield as they said great wealth to the frog people but uh they even promised them to build and i quote uh, spires as tall as that of candlekeep that seems a little ambitious it was ambitious, but the pond mother seemed convinced and had let them in. And then something happened, and then there was screaming in the night and fighting in the streets, and darkness came. And 
now here we are. The excavation at the temple has been underway. The village has been abandoned. You guys saved the brood for now. 60% of the brood. 60% of the brood you saved. They are alive. You can see them. And there's no visible threats nearby. As far as you know, you are the only help that is coming. And there may be more of this cult off in the temple. It's a very good assumption. So I want to know as the morning comes, and you guys are all back at full HP, and you got all your stuff and things back. What's the plan here? Time to whoop some snake ass. It feels like that, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like the plan is to go check out this temple. I feel like, just t- full table talk, like, I feel like there's yeah. a central piece of, like, of, like, a central artifact, or just, like, a central missing thing that we're missing mm. to, like, uh, to, like, decode, like, what really happened there. And I feel like it's probably at the temple, right? But how do we, I guess we gotta go there. And through the mists, high above the brood pools, we see the abandoned village. And beyond, a single stone structure emerging from the woods. And our party will explore it next time on Strangers Rolling Dice.